0: This episode is scripted by John Ruths and Newell Fisher and is narrated, recorded and edited by Newell Fisher. It is dedicated to Samantha the Wonder Dog, who John Ruth sadly lost this week. Hello, a happy new year and welcome to the Watership Down podcast episode 45, in which we will be going through chapter 43, The Great Patrol. One bit of burrow keeping, I have at last managed to catch up with the episode notes which had gone unupdated for two months due to family circumstances. I will be keeping up these from now on and thank you for bearing with me. So, let's welcome in 2022 with the prologue to the most violent events of Watership Down. John Ruth's notes on this chapter are really good and for this episode I've decided not to edit them at all for my English voice or my personal preferences. I always have the time to do this, and John has no issue with me doing so, but the removed cultural perspective of this chapter makes this seem appropriate. Chapter 43 The Great Patrol The pre-chapter quote is military in nature. It is from Napoleon by Walter de la Mare. You might think that this was a French poet writing about his maybe national hero. Alas, no. Malta de la Mer is English. This is no snippet. His poem is complete. Just seven simple lines. It's clearly about the French army in Russia. Terms like incessant snow and northern sky tell you this. This was as much a disaster for Napoleon and his army as it was for the German army many years later. Much of what beat the French and led to the Germans was simply harsh winter conditions. In some ways, the quote is foreshadowing, as as many of Richard Adams are, but it is also somewhat reflective, as we'll see in the chapter. All in all, though, I think it's meant to be more reflective than foreshadowing. In this case, I'd I'd compare the French army to the Afrofans. Here goes. Well, much like the pre-chapter quote, this chapter is quite reflective. Adams' use of free discourse enables us, the readers, to get inside of the heads, aka points of view of others, In this case, mainly General Woundwart. We've learned much about Woundwart, what he's like, how he built his warren, how he developed complex social and military systems, and even about his rabbit kittenhood. This chapter gets us into his thought process and how these lead to action. This chapter also tells the Afraffan side of things from the moment that the little punt floated down the test and concludes when the Afraffans are ready to begin their attack on Watership Down. It stands out and is one of my favourite chapters. The way it is written, and how it fills in the gap of what happened from the Ephraim point of view, has always appealed to me. We learn what we've already suspected. The very first sentence of the chapter says it all. The unexpected departure of the escapees has damaged the prestige of Efrafa. As I stated before, we both come from nations that understand this concept quite well. We smile and celebrate when we see our nations do something well. Obversely we cringe when we see the opposite. The successful escape made the Efrafan Auzla look stupid and its success may be giving other frustrated F-Raff and rank-and-file rabbits hope. In spite of the Efrafen Alza failing and being somewhat surprised and defeated by our heroes and Kihar, Woundwat stayed up most of that night devising his own plans. So, while our heroes floated to freedom, Woundwart was already preparing a counterstroke. stroke makes an interesting comment about Vervain knowing what, mar- what the Marks are saying about the escape. Vervain is in charge of the Alzlaffer. This is the council police, but I'd argue it's also an internal security wing of the Warren. Just as the Owlsla worry about outside threats and go on wide patrol, the Owlslaffer looks internally. To me, it feels very Stasi-like. This also gives me an idea of who may have been the inspiration for both Vervain and Woonboard. Respectively, I think it was Joseph Stalin and Lavrenti Beria. Just an idea of mine, and I'd say that between the two, there is a closer match between Vervain and Beria. We get to see how Woundwart is among his rabbits within the systems that he devised. He's pretty civil overall, but does use his influence to get his his way. He also senses some opposition, but he seems to know how to deal with it. What's clear is that the prestige of Ephrafer needs to be repaired. He's got some rabbits, mainly the somewhat holly-like campion, that can contribute. Woundwart decides to pick his best rabbits and conduct some reconnaissance. Woundwort initially leads, is relieved by Vervain, who is then relieved by Campion. We have already guessed this pecking order, but this makes it clear. It also proves fruitful. Campion and his patrol come back now knowing where Watership Down is. There is an enthusiasm upon this being reported. However, Woundwort is not one to rush to failure. Rather, the Ephrafans will train for this mission. Even taking on volunteers from the rank and file. This is smart, and prevents Ephraffa from emptying out too many valued Asla members. Woundwart selects rabbits that will match what this mission requires, and it seems that movement speed is the primary consideration. The psychological effects of selecting Rankavile rabbits is not lost on Woundwart. The training that takes place is interesting and is a more complete version of how Bigwig trained Warship Down rabbits for the raid on Nuthanger Farm. Woundwart even makes a f- more full reconnaissance trip near Wardship Down with Campion and two other Owsler. He learns from, th- from this and now knows what side he should approach. 26 or 27 rabbits are chosen. Interesting because we know that there are a total of 26 rabbits in Watership Down. However, this includes 10 does, so the Ephrathans will effectively outnumber our heroes. This very large, wide patrol heads to Watership Down. Woundwort's personal touch is seen everywhere. He leads personally, decisively deals with a couple of stoats, and just seems to know what to do in every situation. At one point, the very large group are broken down into smaller parts for more effective command and control. We've seen this before, and this is very much like the warship Down Rabbits when they were en route to Refrafa. After they more or less made the trip, Woundward orders his large group of rabbits to take rest until sunset. So far, all has gone well. This group feels like it's a long way from home, and they are. This is an indicator, and you have to suspect that never before has Efrafa gone this far away on a mission like this. Then something serious slips. Local mice and yellowhammers see the rabbits. We, of course, know that this word gets to Hazel, and this leads to the the quick scouting by Holly and Blackavar. Suddenly, the rabbits of Watership Down know about the Afrofans, and there will be no surprise attack as previously planned. This does not deter Woundwart. There is no way this would happen anyway. After making this significant trip with a large number of hand-picked rabbits, the upcoming breaching attack on Watership Down will happen. Plus, how could Woundwart depart at this point? there is just no way that this can happen simply by arriving woundwort and his afrofans have crossed their own rubicon the attack will happen soon as the afrofans are preparing for this we now intersect the ending of the last chapter when hazel was above ground looking for them hazel is nearby and makes his way to, the, to a group that woundwort himself is with hazel and woundwort talk in the ensuing conversation it's clear that woundwort thinks that bigwig is the chief rabbit and that hazel must be some trusted messenger Hazel also has the limp he earned at Nuthanger Farm and Woundwort may even think that he was sent as a possible sacrifice. Woundwort drives the conversation. When they talk about terms, Woundwort incorrectly treats it like a question rather than an agreement that they should come to. Woundwort also makes his inevitable judgment error when Hazel proposes something that sets these two apart as Warren leaders. Woundwalt will not be seen to cooperate with the same Warren that essentially stole from him. Adam symbolically uses the sun dipping into a cloud bank to symbolise Windwalt's error. After this conversation, Campion offers to kill Hazel. However, Woundwort would use Hazel in his own brand of psychological warfare. He'll allow him to take his terms back to Watership Down. Hazel can't even reply to Windwalt's terms. He's basically disregarded by the Afrofans, which functionally is the same as being dismissed. This was a nice touch on the part of Adam's. There being nothing else that needs to be done here... Hazel heads back to Watership Down. Amazingly, Hazel's life was saved. Seeing it as his responsibility, he willingly took on the task of attempting to talk with Woundwort. Knowing that he can no longer surprise the rabbits of Watership Down, he chooses to make Hazel his fear messenger, having no idea that he has made another critical error. He let live his adversary, who is better at leading a warren than Woundwort was ever capable of. Next time the Siege of Watership Down begins.